Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Are you looking for the results equation? Are you really looking to make sure you can move forward with your goals? Well, I'm excited. This episode is for you. My guest today is Kellen Flukiger. Coming through decades of depression, addictions, life-threatening illness, and a near-death experience, Kellen has become an ultimate catalyst to help motivated people melt barriers, move mountains, and mobilize superpowers to achieve their true desires. As a coach and keynote speaker, he has a masterful approach that helps people get past stories, change beliefs, and create a life to achieve and reach goals that seemed impossible. He is dedicated to helping others tap their gifts and talents to allow them to effectively serve and grow in their own lives. And it is truly my pleasure to have him on the show today. Welcome. Well, yay. Who are you talking about? Thank you for having me on your show. And the first thing I want to do is uh, give great acknowledgement and honor to you because the podcasting, uh, you know, it does, it may create some business, but mostly it's a labor of love and people like you who are committed to helping help others lift, bless, serve, do good, make money, build business. I just want to honor you and your commitment and effort to do that. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It truly has been a labor of love. And it's been so great to hear my listeners be able to grab some nuggets and tips from my guests and implement them and see results right away. I think that is really what it's about, is helping others to move forward in what they're looking to do. So on the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, we love to talk about big, bold goals. And one of the parts of achieving goals is to have a system to bring those goals to life. And I know that you are an expert in this. So tell me a little bit, if we could, start off with telling me about your book and your results equation. Well, I was a, I had a 30-year career in the energy industry, and the last 10 of it I spent as a consultant in the United States and Canada, and it was a very, very high-profile position. I held you know, C-suite positions and got paid a lot of money. There was a time in my life when I had bodyguards and I made billion-dollar, $10 billion decisions and this and that and the other. What I noticed, uh, you know, you mentioned all the decades of depression. During all that time, there was a double life going on because behind the scenes, I was a wreck. Uh, I was married and divorced three times. I was in and out of rehab and I lived the typical sort of movie scenario life where on the outside, it looks like, wow. And behind the scenes, it likes, oh no. And it was kind of like that and not in any funny way. I'm, I make it sound a little funny now, but it was a disaster. When I got ready to do, I've written 16, 15 books. I just finished the 16th, but I wanted to write one that came from the years of experience I had doing very, very difficult, very high profile, very cash intensive projects, because what I noticed was there's a system. 
I don't care what the goal is, whether it's a personal goal like health or wealth or, you know, personal fitness or relationships or something, or whether it's a corporate goal for a small company with two people or a large one where you're managing a thousand, there's a process to go from here to there because every goal, I don't care what it is. You are where you are today with respect to that goal and you want to get to there. So you're at A and you want to get to B. And the process from getting of, of getting from A to B is the same, no matter what the goal is. And so I wrote, uh, I thought about it, worked a lot in terms of how I had accomplished what I had done during the during the years I was doing that, and wrote the results equation as a result of that. And the, the subtitle is from dream to done in five simple steps. So that's kind of an intro to the book. Well, that's great. I also had a long corporate career before I moved into my consulting business. And I think many people can resonate with that, where people looked at what I was doing and similar to you, they're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. But they didn't see the phone calls at 3 a.m. or the decisions to let people go that I had to make that were weighed on my heart. And you know, from the outside, it looked great, but really what was going on was not so great. So I really resonate with that statement. And I think a lot of people who I work with leave corporate America at whatever level because they want to create this life of freedom or have more freedom. And then when they become a sole entrepreneur, I tend to ask them, okay, who's picking up the kids? Because a lot of times that's why they want to leave is to be able to pick up their kids. And they build a business that is not allowing them that freedom. So having these tools to be able to bring a goal to life, you talk about the process. What are some of the things that somebody can do to systemize achieving their goals? So let's, the, the very first thing you have to do if you're really going to accomplish a goal is burn the boats. And burn the boats is a phrase that was, uh, you know, represents what conquistadors came when they were going to conquer some land. And the famous one is Aztec and or the Aztecs and Cortez. They, they, you know, they were against the larger foe. And so Cortez, he burned his boats. The point of that is there's no going back. If you, if you work, even if you build a transition plan, like I'm not saying you have to walk away from your corporate gig and jump into your side hustle all in in one second. Even if you build a transition plan or system, your mind has to be made up. People get it done when they have had enough, really have had enough. And if you don't go at something with your mind made up, even if you've got a transition ramp or anything else, you find all the reasons to back out, to backpedal, to extend it. You're at a client who kept extending the contract that they promised they were themselves they were ending year after year. And so years later, they were still doing the thing they swore they would be done with three or four years earlier, not because they couldn't do it, not because they didn't have the skill, not because it wouldn't pay them, but because they hadn't fully internally committed. So step one is burn the boats. You're committed. You're going to do it, whatever the trans transition plan is. Step two is, and these are not the five steps in the results equation. These are just points. And we'll talk about the keys in the results equation in a minute. But the second thing is most of us lie to ourselves and we do it without even thinking. 
Here's what I mean. You say, I'm going to get up at six o'clock and you hit the snooze button three times. That's, that is not true then. You say you're going to go, go to the gym or eat different or treat someone differently, and then you don't. You let old habits take over. They Individually, each one of those things may seem small, but here's what happens. You, you no longer trust yourself. And then you start telling the story, well, as long as I keep my commitments to other people, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter that much if I don't do what I say I'm going to do to myself. And that's actually backwards. Because then you live a dual, a dual life that says, I'm not trustworthy to me, and I have to keep up this outward appearance. That tension is one of the biggest energy sucks you can live with and drains your heart and your energy from accomplishing goals that are important to you. Instead, you need to create the success cadence. The success cadence sounds like this. I said it. I did it. I said it. I did it. I said it. I did it. Now, that might sound silly or simple, but it's powerful. And here's why. If you say you're going to do something and then you don't, you have two choices. You beat yourself up, you get mad, and then you give up. The other choice is shrink the goal. Be compassionate. You've been living that way for however long, five minutes or 50 years. Okay, so that's a habit. Shrink the goal until you can do it. And then you create a cadence of, I said that, I did it. I said it, I did it. And when you, when you fail at that and you need to shrink a goal, there's no drama there. This is not a, an opportunity for flagellation or negativity. It's, it's just, okay, I'm going to shrink this goal. And the reason I'm shrinking it is not to wimp out. It is to create the cadence of, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it. And what you'll discover very quickly, when that becomes the way you live your life, every time you open your mouth, two things happen. You're more careful about what you say, even to yourself, especially to yourself. And two, you become a person you can trust. And then you speak your word into existence. I was reading a Facebook post today and it, it's a, it was done by a coach that I follow. And he talks about speaking your world. And he said, you know, I'm getting to the point where I feel like when I say the word chair, a chair is going to come out of my mouth. And there was a cartoon that had been drawn by someone with that coach and a cartoon character with his mouth open and a chair popping out partially. It was mostly out, but it was funny. We do, in fact, speak our words into existence, our, our lives into existence by the words we speak, mostly the ones we speak quietly in our hearts. That might sound like a bunch of woo-woo stuff, but it's not. It's hardcore, straight up, real life, first class success advice. So those are the first things, first two things to do. One, you make a complete committed decision that you're going to do something and you're not going to deviate and you're not going to stray. And two, learn to create the success cadence of I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it. Whether you shrink the goals till to small ones or not doesn't even matter. Create the truth that you keep your word, especially to yourself. Yeah, you spend the most time with yourself, 24 hours a day, and you, you really can't get rid of yourself. And I love this idea of the cadence because it's really about building that muscle of being able to achieve goals. And sometimes we set these really big goals, but we don't know how to get there. I, I know I've done that, like, oh, I want to do this, but I've never done that before. So this idea of building the muscle 
to be able to achieve then helps when you have that big goal that is really important. So when you do have a goal that you don't know how to reach, how do you break that down so that you can get there? The results equation has five steps. Part one is up. They're all acronyms, and I put them in the form of equation. A, you know, A plus B plus C plus D plus E equals results and whatever your result is. And there's a process in the book, the results equation, about how to set goals. And if we get time, we'll talk about that today too. But the first term is up, understand the present. One of the most insidious things that we do to ourselves is we lie to ourselves about where we are. So you'll know someone is not telling you the truth, and you'll know this too, Sarah's a coach, if they say the word I'm in a a lot. Uh, It's a contraction of I am going to, but people that use it a lot shorten it to I'm in a, I'm in a this, I'm in a that. Yeah, I'm going to start doing this, and I'm going to start posting social media, and I'm going to run some ads, and I'm going to get that cleaned up. And everything is in the future is future tense because they don't really want to talk about where they are right now, this moment. So understanding the present is a critical first step to achieving a goal, especially when you don't know how to do. You have to be really clear about where you are right now. So if you have a money goal, I want to make my first six-figure year or my first seven-figure year, it doesn't matter. And you don't know exactly how you're going to do that. You need to start with a a hardcore honesty. Where am I right now? How much money am I bringing in a month? How much is unencumbered? How much am I behind? Am I in the hole every month? Uh, What does my time look like? Where am I here now? And there's six questions that are part of that. And I'll just do them quickly. Where am I? How did I get here? Why am I not moving? What needs to change so I can move? from where I am? What is the smallest step I can take today to start that movement? And what is my accountability process? So I'll keep going. Those are the six questions in understanding the present. The second term of the results equation is mental earthquake. I use the, it's me, M-E. And there's a reason I'm using me because it's me. And each of you saying it to yourselves means it's you. The reason that's important is because the kind of commitment and action and thinking you have today is what got you where you are. There's no harm or, or nothing wrong with that, but it's a fact. And if we, any of us pretend we're going to create something different by being the same me I've been so far, I, I'm, I'm smoking something. It's not going to happen. So I need to have a mental earthquake, a shakeup. And there's some processes in there because most of our uh, hesitation comes from self-doubt and from the naysayer and the nonsense in our heads. And we need to make, we need to, we need power. If I'm going to go from A to B, B is always higher than A. You know, we don't set goals to go down unless it's, you know, less time working, in which case that is still going up more free time. So you need power and the earthquake is the way you create power. And so there's processes in there talking about how to create the power you need to move. The third step is create the future and the acronym CF. And lots of us can daydream. There's not anything new or surprising about that, but most of us don't do the real visioning. And here's what I mean. You need to have a vision of what you're trying to accomplish with enough detail and enough feelings. So there's details, feelings, and reasons. And when you make your vision statement, it needs to be so powerful that it perpetually fires the drive to make it real. 
when we want to have, I want to have vacation here and I want to own partial shares of private jet and I want to have X million, whatever. We don't, they, they carry no energy. There's no truth in that because we don't believe in them. If we say, I'm going to have this much money set aside to buy this piece of seaside property that's going to be within a 10-minute walk to the beach. I know what it feels like, and I know why I'm doing it, and you have your reasons and why you're doing it, and you state it in a way that is so emotionally involving that it keeps you fired up to, to action, then you've created a vision that will actually help you. The fourth part of the equation is CP, courageous planning, which gets to the heart of what you said about when you have a goal, you have no idea how to do, what do you do? Well, there's very little, if anything, that we want to do that somebody hasn't done all or part of before. So there are ways to find out likely what the steps are. And we create something, the tool is called a step map. And a step map is nothing magic. It is a breakdown of every step that we think, even with our limited view, is necessary to get from A to B. So you don't put down a step like build a website because that has 57 subparts. You list every little piece that you can think of that is required for you to get from A to B. And it doesn't have to be in any order. You just do a brain dump. And then you look at them and you organize them by group and you say, okay, this is this kind of stuff, technical stuff, idea stuff, product creation stuff, employee stuff, contractor stuff. And you get them all organized and you start to make sense out of this pile. When you do that and you group them, then you can put them, you can do it handwritten or you can put them on a spreadsheet. And what you do with that pile is you organize it the best you can. And you, yes, you might be guessing at some of it, but there, you organize it anyway, because then you can look at that. And when you look at that, you can say it should feel like, okay, if I get all those pieces done, I'll be there. Like no drama, no emotional anything. It's just, okay, there's 47 steps or 106. It doesn't matter how many there are. and. And when you get them all organized, sometimes this has to be done before that. So you put them in the best order you can. Then you go about estimating, okay, do I need time for this? How much time is it going to require? I don't know is not an okay answer. Guess. I think it'll take 20 hours. I think it'll take 10. Uh, I need to do some research. I'm leaving this one blank for a day until I go look up some stuff on Google and do some research, talk to my coach or whatever, and get an idea of what number should go in there. And when you have all the time estimates of all the steps, then you also look at another column, and this is like on a spreadsheet, a column, who's going to do it? Is this you? If you're a solopreneur, that's all you. If And if you're going to hire some contractors, then you can leave, you can write contractor in there. And then you also have a column for money. So by the time you fill out the step map spreadsheet, you know, probably as best you can guess all the steps, you know, who's going to do them all, you know, how long you think each one will take. And if you've got contractors in some of those steps and you have to add some time for you, because you have to get the contractors, manage them, oversee all that stuff. So that can't be zero from your time. And you also have a column for cost. So in that context, you have a spreadsheet that looks like this is all the steps from A to B. Now that, none of that is magic. That is, but it, you'd be surprised how many people don't do that.
they, they do keep it all in their head or they guess at it, but they don't actually write down all the pieces and who's going to do it and how much it costs and how long I think it's going to take. But even if they do that, they don't do this final part, which is the key to the whole thing. When you have that done, you add up all the hours that it's going to take and you add 30% or 40% because there's always contingencies. And even if it adds up to 200 or 500 or 700 hours, it doesn't matter. That's how long it's going to take. And the fact that you wrote it down didn't increase the time. It just, the truth, finally, okay, it's going to take this long to do it. And if there's investment, this much money and all this stuff, then you go put it in your calendar. You block out two, one, two, three, or four hour blocks in your calendar until it is full in a separate color that is for that project. And you put all those hours in your calendar. Then, and only then, do you have a realistic estimate of when that project will be done in your hands. I love this. And I think one of the things that I, I have a lot of people that I talk to and they have this big goal. And what I find interesting is that they're in like project manager roles. And as soon as I ask, oh, where's your goal plan? There isn't one. <laughs> and it's not rocket science, but writing down your goal and actually mapping out the plan of how to get there, not only does that allow you to ensure that you've put it in your calendar, but this goes back to your comment about de developing that success cadence it allows you to develop that cadence. And then also at the end of it, I had a client that I worked with and she wanted to do one thing. She wanted to write a book. And when she wrote down the steps, there were like 15 or 20. Well, you and I know that there were more than that. But even when she started to get into it and she started to write more of the steps, at the end, it was like 600 steps by the time it was produced, promoted and all that stuff. She was able to look back on that goal plan and say, wow, I did something really difficult and it was 600 steps and now I can do it again and I can do it a lot quicker because I wouldn't spend so much time postponing or putting off that step. So bringing a goal to life really is about that plan. And then you hit the nail on the head, putting it in your calendar, because when you don't put it in your calendar, life gets in the way email takes over, whatever. Well, like another, there's two other real big benefits of putting it in your calendar. One is you may put it all in there. You may have yourself an imaginary deadline. I'm going to have this done by March 31st. If you've got a goal right now and you set it and you're going to get it done and you map out all the hours and you add 30% for contingencies and you end up with, you know, some number of hours and you put it in your calendar and you look at it and you say, I'm not willing to live like that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You have three choices, shrink the project, extend the deadline, or get some help. I mean, this is not complicated, but it is rigorous because if you don't put it in your calendar and then you don't commit, yeah, I can actually put in these hours. Uh, I can live with this schedule, meaning, yeah, you have to make some explicit trades because very few people sit around with their feet on a desk and stare at the ceiling and count dots and ceiling tiles. So you're trading. Whenever you put a new project in your calendar, you're trading something for it. That's fine. But you're making the trade explicit. I am trading this for that. Okay. I'm happy with it. 
Now, even if you do that, and even if you say you're happy with it, and, or you move the deadline or you shrink the project and you get it to where you're tuned up and you're willing to live it, life does get in the way and everything messes everything else up. And we all know that no day ever goes exactly as planned. That's fine. When it's in your calendar and something's happened to interfere with a block of two hours you had set aside to do X, you can move the block. What happens with it's not in your calendar is it gets lost in the pile of, oh, I'm now behind, I have to catch upness. And that's just a weight, an emotional weight in your backpack. And if you take the two hour block and you say, well, I did want to go do this, but I still want to keep this up. So I'm going to move it over to Saturday and I'm going to kick out whatever it is and not do that. And that might feel painful for a moment, but it's an explicit trade you either make or you don't make, but you're doing it with knowledge and intention and not pretending, which is how we live when we don't keep our word. Yeah. And this idea works of putting it in your calendar and, and having those trade-offs works even with smaller or, or not as huge plans. Like, for example, a lot of people around New Year said, uh, I want to be healthier this year. And they say, well, I'm going to work out four times a week. But they never put those workouts in their calendar. And so then Sunday rolls around and they've worked out one time. And when you put it in your calendar, it does not only the, the brings it to life, but it also stops other things from getting on your calendar. Because when you start to look at your calendar and people ask you to do things that maybe aren't your priority, you can say, well, I'm really busy that week because I have four workouts. I have, you know, prepping my food and all this stuff. So it allows you to say no to things that maybe you would say yes to because you didn't think that you were really busy when you when you really are. Exactly, exactly, exactly fabulous. And if somebody asks you to do something and you really feel obligated to do it, and then you look at your calendar and it gets in the way of something, you can still make whatever trade, you know, your your ethics, your principles, and your desires dictate, but you're doing it explicitly and not pretending anything away. So it absolutely does what you said. And I love that. Yeah. So you have had some very big accomplishments in your life. You've published many, many, many books. And tell us one of your personal secrets. How do you achieve your bold goals other than the systems that you've already shared? What's a personal tip or something that you've done that maybe I wouldn't find in one of your books? Well, I'll tell you the, the fifth part of the results equation is relentless execution. And that is in the book, but there's a piece of it that I will share that's that's. I guess the advanced version. Relentless execution sounds like a, you know, a coach screaming at his team or beating yourself to death. It isn't that. Here's what it is. We all have uh, I arbitrarily created, you know, good days, bad days, mediocre days, and good days. And my non-scientific d- definition is bad days is when just stuff seems to go against you and most of it sucks and nobody does what you want and that sort of thing. Mediocre days are like, you know, some things go good and some things don't. And, oh, it's not as good as I wanted. And I'm behind a little bit, but it's okay. And you just sort of push through and hope tomorrow's a little better. And then good days when everything is going your way, wins at your back, and it just feels like, wow. So when I ask people just with that brief of a description, tell me how many, you know, what's the percentage of good days, bad days, and mediocre days they have? Most people tell me they have about 70% of mediocre days, 
Now, 10 or 15% bad and 10 or 15% good days. So, I, and then I ask them, well, when you have a good day with the wind at your back and everything going right for you, how much more do you get done than a mediocre day or a bad day? And usually that's some astronomical number, somewhere between twice as much and five times as much, partly because no, you know, interruptions and partly because of how you feel. And, and so I said, okay, so what would it be worth to you in your goal achievement and your personal satisfaction to have 75% of days be good days or more where the winds at your back and everything seems to go right. Well, that, you know, elicits all kinds of, Oh yeah, that would be great. 95, 90%. Oh, wow. And here's the thing. So the relentless execution piece of the equation is about how to do that because there's nothing that requires us to have bad days, no matter what anybody else does or the weather or anything else. So the secret that I would give you is I will tell you the secret and then I'll tell you about it. You can have a fabulous, productive, awesome, scary, good day every single day. And it depends only on you. Now, the first thing I hear in the air when I say that is, yeah, but, and that's another contraction. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. The weather, the economy, COVID, God, the neighbors, the, you know, the market changed, whatever it is. Those things may all be true. But that has nothing to do with how I, how productive I am and how I feel today. So the thing I do that makes every day spectacular is I have a morning ritual. My morning ritual is developed over years. I teach it to clients. I start small, 40 minutes. Mine is two and a half to three hours every day. And I don't skip it. I would no sooner run outside naked in minus 40 in Edmonton, Alberta, where I live, than I would skip the morning ritual. And when people start with those kinds of things, it's a chore. Oh, I can't get up. Oh, I hit snooze too many times. Oh, I can't. When you understand the power that this process gives you, you would, you would not skip it for any reason. <clears throat> you would not want to face your day without creating yourself in the most powerful way. And so learning, understanding, and creating a morning ritual that is consistent with who you are and what you want to accomplish is the single most effective tool to have a good day every day, to take control of any situation, even when things don't go like you want, and to end the day happy and successful, regardless of the number of things that got ticked off any list. I, I also have a morning ritual that I would not give up for anything and uh, not even an extra hour of sleep, as you mentioned. One of the things that is very important to me is that I learn something every week. And it's one of my values. I know that when I skip learning for a week, I, I just don't feel right. So every morning in my morning ritual, I try and learn something. And it could be from a book or a podcast or, or uh, you know, any type of thing. But I definitely know when I have skipped that, that I'm going to have a bad day. So I don't skip that anymore. I always learn something every morning and it fills me up and it allows me to then move into my day to be a little more creative and 
centered and, and I end up having a better day. So I love my morning routine. I also have a night routine. And one of my night routines really is winding down, making sure that I turn off my phone and I do things that are purposeful in the evening that allow me to get to sleep quickly. So awesome. I love you sharing some insight into your day. Now, if somebody wanted to work with you or connect with you, where can they find you? How can they engage with you? Because you have so many words of wisdom and really cool tactics that will help people move further and faster in their goals. Well, that's it is true. Thank you for saying that. I have many, many, many we haven't even begun to talk about because we because of time. One of the fun things about having a weird name like Kellen Flukiger is that I am so easy to find. Like the only there is a secret to finding me. And the only secret is you do have to spell my name right. But there are only two Kellen Flukigers out of 8 billion people. The other one is my son. So whether it's on Facebook or my website, which I had no trouble getting www.kellenflukiger.com or LinkedIn or YouTube, anywhere you want, you can get a hold of me. I respond fastest probably to Facebook, Facebook Messenger. But I'm happy to have conversation with everyone. Here's the reason. I, I, do, I only do one thing. The one thing that I do, the reason I get up in the morning and draw breath and what I meditate on in my morning ritual, and I use the acronym SPEM, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, as the four parts of life. But anyway, is the one goal that I have, and that is I am committed to helping 10 million people discover, develop, and serve with their divine gifts. And that also includes whatever business you're building and everything else, because we are happiest as creatures and we are most prosperous when we are doing things we love and we are serving with those divine gifts. So that's the only thing I do is work on that 10 million, whether it's my podcast, your podcast, YouTube, uh, stuff I put on Facebook or anything else. If you want to get a hold of me, my website, my email's easy, coachkellenflukiger.com. All the social media are. I don't know all of them. I'm probably not on some of them uh, just because I haven't, but Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, I'm in Instagram and YouTube a lot. So I'm easy to find and easy to get a hold of. If you put me in on Google, my name, you'll see thousands of hits, both from my executive days and my current coaching work. If you put me in on Amazon, you'll see all the books, music. I've written a bunch of music and I have a bunch of albums out and on and on and on. So I'm super easy to find, super happy to talk to you. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time today. I know I am headed off to Amazon to grab a copy of your book. If you are looking for the book that he has mentioned, I'll put it in the show notes as well, as well as all the social media. Thank you so much for sharing your time today and your expertise we all can implement and plan our goals in order to achieve them. And I know if you use this strategy, your goals will come to life. So thanks once again. You're welcome. And again, I want to end by honoring you and your effort and work to add good to the world. The favorite phrase that I use, you know, we all add carbon dioxide and we can choose what else we do. And you choose to add good by encouraging and helping and lifting people in their goals and helping them get their stuff done. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to connecting with you further and everyone go grab a copy of his book and connect with him. His door is open. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.